What is up party people from the 1st of August until the 25th of August you can catch myself Duffy Connors and Charlene Jahan at Dropkick Murphy's Bar in Edinburgh as the ticked boxes will be there from 6.45 to 7.45 every single evening so come on down and have some chuckles with us um, but before then I've got some June comedy dates to hit you up with um, so June 4th I'm at Stand Up Monty's in Brick Lane June 5th I'm at OMC Comedy at the Bell Pub in Middlesex Street um, June 7th I'm at Riffin at the Griffin at the Griffin Bell in Vauxhall that is a fucking mouthful on June 11th me, Duffy and Charlene have our work in progress show at a Vauxhall Comedy Club from 6.30 to 7.30 um, from the, on the 12th I'm back at Stand Up Monty's in Brick Lane on June 13th I'm at Big Nose at the Boogaloo in Highgate on June 17th I'm at Sam Rhodes Comedy Explosion in the Rocksteady at Dalston on June 18th, I'm at Comedy Virgins at the Camden Dish Arms. On June 24th, I'm at As Seen on TV as Zebranos in Soho. On June 26th, I'm at Sam Rhodes Comedy Explosion at the Rocksteady in Dalston. And June 27th, I'm at Big, Snow- Big Smoke at the Nail of Old Jury in Common Garden. On June 28th, I'm at After Dark Comedy Competition in Reading. And on the 29th, I'm at Make Em Laugh at the Nine Star Arms in Notting Hill. Holy shit, that is a lot. I have I didn't really realize how much that was until I read it out to you guys just now. But shit, this is gonna be a busy month, so come and catch me. Um, but for now, uh, my guest today is someone who I've been with on the comedy scene for quite a while now, and he's a really funny guy. His name is Dave Mullen, and the great thing about Dave was that before the interview, a couple of days, I was at one of his gigs, and he wasn't sure that he had a lot to talk about, and he has proved himself so fucking wrong with this interview. He talks about everything from things in Mexico, being a teaching assistant, and Seinfeld, Fuck it, yeah, that's it, Seinfeld, that's what we're talking about. So yeah, please give it up for the wonderful Dave Mullen. So we're technically on holiday now. Yeah, I'm on holiday at the moment, I'm on half term. Well, technically you are as well. Yes, respect. That's what I was saying, we're on holiday. Oh, I thought you said you're on holiday. I was like, yeah, we are on holiday. Fuck yeah, no. But we work in work in education. Yeah, primary. So uh, what's that like? Primary. I'm in secondary, mate. So what's what drew you to primary school? Just I, I like kids. No, I did work in a secondary school in um, Mexico. Yeah. But I'm not very good with the old discipline. Yeah. I'll give you an example. <laughs> One time three or four kids actually managed to remove one of my shoes and throw it over the balcony down into the courtyard. How in the <laughs> fuck did that happen? <laughs> Just, <laughs> there must have been a point where you were sat down or something and they weren't literally taking the shoe off. No, you. no, no. So forcefully, it wasn't sneakily, it was forcefully, by force, they removed my shoe. How? So, like I said, I'm not very good with the discipline, right? Because I kind of want to be everyone's friend and be like down with the kids and like, hey guys, you know, whatever. Joking around, making them laugh. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but I think I bet them. I bet them on, I made a bet with them on something. And I said, if I'm wrong, 
you can have my shoes or I don't know something like that or yeah. I bet you can't get one of my shoes off it something like that yeah obviously a stupid comment I thought it was just a joke yeah and then yeah the next day one of them had this like look in his eyes and it actually basically taken me up on the the bet the bet oh, and so oh. like they grabbed me I think afterwards they realised they'd done something like really bad. As they always do when they're teenagers, they realise it after the fact. And I was so depressed. Afterwards I was like, oh my god. I knew I wasn't good at discipline, but that is... That's another level. That is... <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that's ever happened. Can you imagine if you were in school and you like had taken your teacher's shoe off? No. That's... You'd be like, what a ledge I am. I, I can picture a couple of teachers who might have enjoyed me taking their shoe off. Enjoyed but, it? Why yes. would they enjoy it? Uh, I'm not one to make I'm not one to make allegations, Dave Marlin. Oh pedos. Potentially. Potentially. <laughs> but that's all Did you have pedos in your school? Uh, potentially. <laughs> we had ones who they were always rumoured. Um, and it was just like thinking about it it's like yeah I can kind of see that it's always the rumours but you know what I was thinking the other day don't believe the rumours no you know why why Uh, because you know this whole like uh, Zach B yeah yeah so I heard someone that's Zach, um, that's Zach Bills for those who don't know. Yeah, there was an issue with him and another guy who was yeah, involved yeah. in a night. It, it maybe it's a bit boring comedy stuff, but basically I heard someone telling the story, but from the totally other side because they had just heard it from someone else. Yeah. And and then I thought, oh, this is just going to spread round exactly as that guy's told it. Yeah. And everyone's going to be like, oh, you know what? I've heard this guy is such a dick because he's taking the money, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's. So yeah, I was just like, wow, this story could just literally go around like that, and no one will know the truth. Yeah. I still need to find out his side of the story yeah just ask him I'll see him on Friday definitely ask him but I mean it's just interesting though because you see someone and apparently someone posted on the Facebook group the Comedy Collective about it and it's just but like, then that, yeah. everyone is going to have the totally opposite idea of what actually happened and that's gossip mm. so don't believe gossip no. I remember seeing that post though on the Facebook page mm. And no one liked it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think it got deleted. Oh, okay, fair enough. It was kind of like a joke thing, like saying, oh, this guy's not got, that, that, this guy's not um, lasting long, isn't he? Mm-hmm. No one, no one laughed, no one did anything, no one said anything. Alright, fair enough. So, maybe it's, maybe I'm overreacting, but. No, I don't think you are. It's just scary. It's scary about how things can, like, snowball and spread, especially with the internet, right? Think about it. Misinformation can spread so quickly and it cannot be checked. It can be spread faster than it can be checked, basically. Yeah. That's the nature of the internet. Hi, Dave Marlin. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Yeah, we're good, man. Like, bloody hell, that was was a great fucking start to it. (laughs) That was a good start. All right. I think those are the best ones on where, like, we don't know... The person being interviewed doesn't know that it's starting, so like, oh, okay. So we've started now. Oh, yeah. This is the official start. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll edit out. Are right, you going to do like a cool intro about all my success in comedy and how many awards I've won? Of course. Have I told you the award I won? You have not. 
Darren Brett MC Award via clap off. What? Yes, mate. That is the appropriate reaction. Really? Can I tell you about how the clap off went down? Go for it. So, Darren Brett. Do you know Darren Brett? No. He's got long hair. He looks like. Uh, What's his name? Oh, he was just emceeing TNT. But he brought his own thing to it. So he was like, hey, uh, uh, I'm going to do a competition. I'm going to make this competition. He brought a little medal and he brought a clapometer, right? So he was... Cheers, mate. So he was um, measuring the claps after everyone came off. I did all right. I thought, you know, it was TNT. It was fun. fun. And then at the end, he was like, the two people who got the biggest claps were Joe Bates, you know Joe Bates, and Dave Mullen. Hey! Yeah, so we get up on stage, and then he has a final clap-off where he measures the claps on his clapometer. But Joe, being really nice and polite and sweet... Yes. As he always is. (laughs) As he always is. When it was his turn... Uh, when people like people were clapping for him, he didn't clap. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just he just uh, he just like held his hands down, and I didn't clap either for mm. him. But then when it was the turn to clap for me, he clapped for me, and I clapped for myself. Oh. <laughs> so I the clapometer I won by like 0.01. <laughs> I swear it was my clap. Nice. <laughs> Has Joe Bates forgiven you that for that? Oh, you know, I mean, it was it was only a tight, like, an yeah. MC. He was just really nice about it, and it was a bit of fun. But I've still got the medal yeah. in the kitchen. Well, that's and that's the only thing I've won. Well, that's something to add to your CV, isn't it? Yeah. I'm still, yeah. Well, what made you get started in comedy? Oh, um, I had to answer this question for my So You Think You're Funny. Nice. Yeah. Um... Basically, for a long time, I was thinking about doing it, uh, but I couldn't get up the courage pretty much. So, like, in uni, I was in, like, a comedy music double act, and we started to run the comedy night at the kind of uni bar, but we got so fucking nervous. Mm. Oh, my God. Like, multiple shits before we even left the house. Like, you know what I mean? When you're that nervous, you're just like, your bowels can't handle it. Yeah, that's it. Like, we'd be like, one of us would be in there, the other one would be outside banging on the door, then we'd like tag each other in. Tag <laughs> each other in, it's like wrestling and shit. <laughs> we were so nervous. And then, because I hadn't like figured out that alcohol doesn't really help, yep. I was drinking a lot to handle the nerves. Oh. But um, it didn't help because uh, the more I drink, the more like the nerves would ramp up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I drink more and more and, it, and then by the time I got on stage I was just like oh my god and we had all these songs about penises and some kind of vaguely political songs but yeah it was just it was like a little taste but I just didn't have any idea what I was doing and the fear just got the better of me basically then when I was in Mexico I did one stand up comedy gig in Spanish fucking hell yeah I wrote all this stuff in Spanish about the queen and about I can't remember stuff that I thought would make Mexicans laugh but it didn't really and I forgot half of it on stage as well and then when I was in London I just kept thinking about it kept thinking about it but and I went to a lot of gigs I went to the Cavendish and I kept thinking to myself like I'm going to put my name on the open spots but I'd show up look at the list and like bottle it then and then just go like right I'll just watch tonight I'll do it next week I just kept doing that 
so then I was like, well, eventually I've just got to do this. So that's when I signed up to the comedy course. Same. And same. that pretty much the main that did what I wanted it to do, which was just force me to start doing See, comedy. That's exactly well, the comedy the comedy course thing is the exact same reason why I did it. Yeah. It's something that I wanted to do. Yeah. But you need to kick up the arse sometimes, don't yeah. you? And also you made an investment in it. You yeah. made a financial investment. Yeah. So now you kind of got to do it. Yeah. It was the perfect thing. Mm. Which one did you do? I did uh, Angel at the Bill Murray with Francis Foster. It was really good. It was like five weeks with a showcase at the end. But like, I mean, obviously you're not there to learn how to do comedy because you can't really do that in five weeks. But um, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. Because, yeah, you've made the financial investment and you've got the kind of social pact with all the people there. So you're like, you can't let them down now. Thank you very much. Yes, please. Oh that was wonderful. my god. That was wonderful. I wish describe, I wish you could have seen that. Describe what happened. Uh, Spongy's podcast listeners. We've just had the possibly the slowest delivery of a cup of tea I've ever seen in my life. Describe what happened just there. Basically the guy was moving in slow motion. Yeah. I mean he put the tray down yep. as slowly as yeah, it was literally as if Neo from the Matrix <laughs> The tray eventually made it to the table and then he proceeded to clear the tray of all the sugar and uh, and different equipment but that took took about two minutes. He didn't just clear the the sugar off the tray, right? He moved it to the back of the tray, (laughs) raised his hand ever so slightly. And I was like, are you going to take that? Do you want me to help? He (laughs) He was struggling. He picked up the sugar and as then if dropped ha- a bit and that, as if his hand was a crane he moved it and then dropped it right in front of Dave I don't even want sugar no, and then he and then and now he, after all that effort he's gone to I feel like I have to use it and did he pick up the stir or did you pick up the stir I had to pick up the stir that would have taken another hour uh, <laughs> I mean him. I want to interview that guy next because he's he'd be a very slow talker he's got speaking a, of slow talkers yeah Segway Seinfeld although actually that's we'll uh, talk about Seinfeld later that's but that's close talk yeah it? we'll talk yeah we'll talk about Seinfeld later right back to your story back to your story sir. so okay, you've done okay. the comedy course yeah did um, the comedy course so did you, so it. top yeah. of the class yes. actually, actually I wasn't yeah I'll high five yeah <laughs> for being not top of the class well I was like but, I was like second in the class okay alright so how many from your course Continue to oh, do gigs. Oh well, one of them I'm going to see tonight. Uh, Richards Denim. He was Denim, I think it is. He was top of the class. He was really funny. Uh, he's carried on, but he hasn't been gigging that much. Yeah. I'd say there was like me, Ben Coffins, Dane Wolf, uh, Wardle. I can't remember. Dane Ward. Maybe. No, I think it's maybe it's a stage name is Wolf. But yeah, I think they, his real name is. Anyway. Yeah. So us three basically carried on properly. But now I think Dane may have stopped or he's just taking a break. So it's pretty much just me, Ben, and Richard kind of carried on, but he was doing like a few a month, yeah. and now he's starting to pick it up a bit. But yeah, so three or four out of ten, yeah. eleven people. The funny thing with my one was it started off with about 17 people but in the first week. Mm. Second week, it dropped down to about 10. 
and then of that about 10 it's only me and Charlene Jahan that are still gigging only two of you yes wow and yeah that, I mean it's I think some people in our course maybe it was the same in yours it's like some people do it like there was one girl there who clearly just wanted to be good at public speaking yeah. she was like you know there was some people there who were like oh it's something different I just signed up on a whim you know yeah. there were some people there who were thinking about it but then realised fuck this is yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is horrible or this is not what I thought or yeah. this is you know maybe again they couldn't handle the nerve you know yeah. there's one guy I remember Australian guy I think he was well into comedy but he just got so nervous and uh like yeah you could it was like he got nervous but you could kind of tell on stage as well so he couldn't handle it properly so yeah I think you know I I do kind of feel sorry for those kind of for those people yeah because he clearly loved it and I think he still does love comedy just he couldn't maintain the you've got to really want to have all that attention on you yeah yeah, yeah. you've got to be literally gagging for attention yeah which is uh, what most comedians are yeah starved from childhood yeah for attention I wouldn't <laughs> say validation yeah, from yeah. A, are you like middle child I'm an oldest I'm the oldest mm. I'm so. middle child I put a lot of it down to that but yeah you see I put a lot of it down to me being the oldest child yeah I, 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 I've heard people put it down to maybe everyone just uses their position in the family to justify why they're a narcissist I don't yeah. know and why why do you think being elders because the elders right. gets a lot of love oh, at first. Well, okay they okay but that's the thing right you get a lot of love at first and then right? and then boom armageddon happens mummy's gone yeah exactly <laughs> armageddon how many, happens how many? Uh, the eldest are three so i've got a younger oh, brother and a younger sister i'm in three as well Woo! middle of three uh, but two, three brothers we are. Okay. So there's two and a half years difference between me and my brother. Same so brother, those two and a half same. years were absolutely golden. Love and love. Didn't, Do you actually yeah. remember those? Though? You can't I remember, remember two and a half. Because we're all adopted, you see. So are I, you? Yeah. yeah. No so way. it would have been like. It would have been a bit longer actually. It would have been a bit longer than two and a half years because like yeah, I would have. How old you were when you were? Adult? He was about six months old when I when I went to got, uh, when we picked him up. And how about you? Do you know how old you were? Three weeks. Well, oh, wow. I, I, well I was I was I, I was put into the foster care system immediately from birth. Wow. And then I don't know after about two or three days, but that's another story. Yeah, and then. Um, I got picked up by my parents about six weeks about six weeks in, but they knew me from about three weeks of being about three weeks old. Wow. So, but my brother, I remember going to see him at the foster care house, mm. and they had a trampoline, and it was really fun. And I was like, oh, I want to stay here. Mm. Turns out he was coming with us. Uh. <laughs> And now we've got a good, we've got a good, we've got a good relationship now, but it was just like, okay, all of this attention mm. is now gone. Yeah. Um, Do you actually remember feeling that? Yeah, I remember like being nine years old because my sister then came along as well, mm. and at some point just screaming at my parents, like, when is it gonna be about me again or oh some shit like that. <laughs> That's so heavy. yeah yeah I mean my big brother wanted to leave me in the hospital I think that's the famous story from our childhood how, how much older was he about three years so similar yeah yeah <laughs> used to mummy's love yeah 
so weird, isn't it? How's the but then, the, but then, well, Matthew, my little brother, he, we, you know, he was kind of, we always say he's like spoiled. I mean, he yeah. would disagree, but we always say. How, he's, how old is he? He's like four years young, three to four years younger than me. So it's like about a three year gap between all of us. Oh shit, so he's the same age ish as my little brother, so about 25, 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, we, um, I don't know. I always just thought middle child, you know, you're competing with both. Yeah. And there's also a famous story in my family of my uncle, who was also the middle in his uh, family, being locked in a cupboard uh, for like hours and no one noticed. <laughs> but the middle child is. Yeah, he was the middle child and uh, he was just like, his big brother locked him in the cupboard downstairs and like his parents did, just didn't notice and I always think that kind of symbolises what yeah. it's like being a middle child you don't I suppose so yeah because you've kind of got to make your place right and you've yeah. got to solidify your, you've got to make yourself because you know you're the second one there you've got to try and make yourself as important as the first one yeah or, or get as much attention and, the, as the, and first the first one. one gets all that lovely time that you had the little one gets spoiled and the middle one's just kind of like Meh. yeah I don't know. But then everyone has their own justification. Everyone's got a reason for doing something. You have to tell some kind of story. But really, it's just an unexplainable, deep yearning for For attention. attention. (laughs) Yes, it is. And validation. That's it. Which maybe everyone has, just at different levels, you know. So, how do you reconcile being... Because I'm in this... I think I'm in almost the same position as you, because I do learning... I'm a learning mentor, you're a teaching assistant, right? Yeah. How do you reconcile when you say to kids and stuff, um, don't worry about what other people think of you? When we're going out most nights, wanting people to like us. Yeah. How do you reconcile with that, man? Because that's something that I've been like thinking about over the past few weeks. I was like, I mean, that's a, it's a difficult question. There's so many difficult questions with dealing with kids that I'm sure we get wrong yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it's probably even worse when you're a parent because you like as we've just demonstrated, yeah. their actions have such a big impact on the kids. Yeah. I mean in school, like I, as a TA I can kind of cruise, I can kind of be a little bit like, you know what? What I say isn't going to have a huge impact on them. I mean, maybe some of them, because yeah. I have a good relationship with them, but I can kind of say, you know, they've obviously got their parents and the teacher is the main. Yeah. So I'm kind of taking a... So I could kind of justify getting away with, you know, telling them that they're not going to amount to anything. No. no, no, no. <laughs> I've never told any of them that. That was a joke. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm speaking as a stand-up because you're telling them it doesn't matter what you think of you, but I guess I don't know whether I tell them that though. I don't tell them like doesn't matter what people think of you. I try to be my general approach with the kids is I try to be as honest as possible. Good. So I try to talk to them like not like adults, but on a level of like this may be a bit over your head but maybe one day you'll understand it because yeah. I think you know what's the point of sugarcoating it and being yeah. like like I wouldn't go around being like oh it doesn't you know it doesn't matter I mean if someone's upset if a yeah. little kid's upset I'll yeah. try and comfort him and say yeah. you know what focus on how you feel it's yeah. not about them yeah, you know exactly. to try and make them feel better but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think no. I'm, I'm just trying to make them feel better. Yeah, that's it. That's but at the end I of the do. day, I'll say, you know, 
it is important to make a good impression on people because yeah. it is and maybe you know some kids need to be told that because they're fucking awful and oh, they, need they, fucking <laughs> they need to be told you know what it matters what people think of you because you're going to go out into the world and not everyone's going to be so nice as we all are in this school so yeah Thank you for giving such Try to be a little bit, I don't know, I'm not brutal with them, but I try to be honest, that's it. I try to be on a level with them. And sometimes it gets me into a bit of trouble. Yeah. But actually, mainly the things that get me into trouble are the fact that I joke around with the kids too much. Yeah. Did I tell you about how I nearly got fired recently? Possibly, but tell everyone. Okay. So, I mean, I didn't nearly get fired, but I got called into the head teacher's office. Oh, that's not the worst. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it kind of makes me feel like I'm a kid again, which is yep. probably, you know, deep down what I want to just be transported back to when I was a kid, you know. Yep. So I, like, get called to the head teacher's office, and I'm, like, you know, sitting there, like, like feeling like a kid again, and she's like, we've had an email from the parents... Apparently, you've been belching on the children's dinners <laughs> in the dining room. Is, is this true? And <laughs> like, look, I do burp like quite yeah. loudly. Yeah. I have quite a pronounced burp. Yeah. But I've noticed actually it's when I eat more carbs. Yeah. So now I've been cutting down on the carbs, eating healthy, and my burps are not so bad. But if I've eaten like the school dinner pizza, which the dinner ladies give me, they give because you know they're like, hey. David, you hungry? You are having some of it. You having yeah. some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come in the kitchen and get a bit of the leftover pizza. Then I'll be burping quite a bit. And so yeah, I do burp, and sometimes in the dining room, and the kids hear me. But I, I will put it on the record. I have never purposefully burped on a kid's dinner, like yeah. not directly onto it. Okay. You haven't like got pizza on the face, right? Oh, Timmy, what's this? <laughs> I may have burped near them. Yeah. Not on the dinner. No. So that's what I said to the head. No, I actually just said no. And then the second thing, second complaint was like, you've been checking BBC Sport in the classroom, which again, I only did once, okay? No, it's not like I'm constantly checking BBC Sport. I'm and just, at, I'm not, and it was around like, I mean, Liverpool nearly won the league this year, so I needed to check. I'm, I'm funny, but like, there's so many worse things you can yeah. be checking on the internet in exactly. a school. It's not like I was looking at Bourne or something. I mean, just no. That would be blocked anyway. I mean, yeah, I've tried. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, what was the third thing? Oh, the third thing was so there's this ongoing thing. So some of the kids think that I deliberately because I fill their water bottles up in the morning. Some yeah. of the kids think that I deliberately leave their water bottles slightly loose so that when they take a sip, it all spills down them. Which would be amazing thing if I did actually do that. Yeah. Like that would be such a cool thing to do. But I don't. I just maybe sometimes accidentally it screws up wrong. Yeah. So she was like, have you been doing this? I was like, no. The kids just like to make up gossip again. Again? Spreading, spreading rumours that you shouldn't believe. And they're going home and telling their mummies and daddies and they're like, oh my God, this Mr. Mullen. So then, uh, but then she was like, and do you know that the kids have been trying to do it back to you? So apparently the kids have been unscrewing the lid on my water bottle so that when I drink it, it spills down my Has it st- Has it spilled down your top? Not yet. These kids are terrible at pranking me. But okay. Maybe one day. How old are they? Uh, so these are the year fours. They're like eight. But I work with the year sixes as well, but... I think it's the year fours, like, have a joke with them, but there's yeah. some of them who, like, it's they, obviously they don't, and it's not their fault because they're kids, but maybe they kind of, they tell their parents, 
and obviously their parents are maybe like, uh, is, you know, it's not a done thing. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just shit at my job. No, I think you're the. I think <laughs> I'm the best TA ever. Yes, fucking hell. <laughs> so I mean, we'll certainly have some good memes. Yeah. <laughs> so. How, so why do you think it is that most people, well, most that comedy yeah. attracts people who do our kind of jobs? Stuff with kids. Or teaching in general, right? Just well, or, or working in a school. I chose being a TA because I, I used to teach English uh, as a foreign language, which is fine. But I was like, I need something solid and like reliable and where I get paid the same every month and that I can just plan around. So I was like, if I'm a TA, I know that I'm going to get paid this much every month. I can plan my budget around that. I know that... I mean, obviously I've come close. I'm, I'm like giving them many reasons to fire me, but it's not, yeah. you know, it's a bit more secure job. Yeah. Also, the hours are fucking brilliant because I finish at like 3.30 every day, 4, so I can go home, eat, go do some gigs. But I'm, I also love working with kids because yeah. I think I'm basically a child on the inside. Yeah, pretty much. So. And a lot of people who work with kids are... Um, which makes it difficult to for me I guess it's where you are on the spectrum yeah like I'm maybe too much of a kid to actually be a teacher because all of the organisation stuff and the responsibility yeah. stuff I wouldn't be good at I get that man that's, but, that's my response like, when people say oh why don't you like make the jump why don't you be a teacher and I'm just like I've seen you guys you're not happy <laughs> yeah and it's I mean I have a lot of respect for teachers oh same, same. I mean it sounds obvious to say it but they are fucking amazing the amount of stuff that they juggle and the like pr- little credit they get and actually they, they get a lot of shit because people just find it funny to be like oh teachers are jokes teachers are yeah. losers you know yeah. to like tread down on teachers but yeah I have a lot of respect and I just think I mean, can you imagine, you know, the complaints I'd get if I was responsible for a whole class and put making jokes, you know, similar to... I mean, I can get away with it as a TA because, you know, I actually can make a bit of trouble in the classroom, but then yeah. the teacher's there to kind of... Yeah. And when I have to be responsible, it's only for a short amount of time, so we do, like, reading as a group. So I'll take the group of kids out, do some reading with them, and I'll be responsible for that bit, but then, yeah. you know, the rest of the day... So it's it's a great job for me. I mean, one day financially, I might just have to do teaching because teaching assistants don't yeah. make much money. But who knows? The other day I got what? What did we get? What did I get at uh, David Lewis's gig? How much did I make? Six quid. I as seen on TV with David Lewis. Pay in the comics. That's, that's what it. I like. Yeah, man. And, and you know, if I ever win the honk show. Fuck it, Can oh, I yeah. tell you about the honk show? No, tell, right, so what was the honk show? What right. is it? The honk show is like the blackout. It's uh, one of these gigs What's where... It? So it's, a, it's, it's one a, of these gigs where you, the com, it's all about the audience and the MC and the comics are basically like cannon fodder. You like get up, the audience gets honkers and if they don't like you, they can honk you off. And if you get three honks, you have to get off stage also the element that's with this one that's slightly different from the blackout is the MC stays on stage and comments during your set fuck yeah. that's horrible so he's getting a lot of the laughs and um I lasted three minutes that is 
horrible. Apparently in the second half, he was just like whacking through people going, yeah, this guy's shit, get, get him off, punk him off, this guy's shit, punk him off. That's horrible. Yeah. <clears throat> well, but if you win the honk show, you get 30 pounds. Fuck, man. But, uh, I, like, that's horrible, though. That's genuinely... I'm, it is what it is. It's the honk show. It is what it is. But I don't... I mean, three minutes. That's really good. It's not good, bad. Good, no, it's great. That's really good it's for not you. not bad. The only, the main bit that got the laugh was, I was just, you know, my opening bit is about putting the mic, taking the microphone out of the yeah, mic stand. Yeah. So I got up on stage and he tries to hand me the mic and I'm thinking, shit, this is going to fuck up my opening joke. Yeah. So I'm like, no, can you put the mic, I'm like yeah. mouthing to like put the mic yeah. in the stand. But yeah. it looks like I'm demanding, you know, yeah. that he put it in the stand. It looks like I'm a real dickhead. Yeah. So all the audience was actually like loving it they were yeah. laughing he clearly didn't like that no so he got a bit pissed off and thought i had a bit of an attitude but that got a lot of laughs but then as soon as i started my set it was like it was like have you performed at blackout before i was meant to do it one time yeah and then i was not feeling very well so i thought i'm not gonna do it tonight well it's a similar experience it's very tough to get laughs yeah. i mean unless you're i don't know a certain type of comic or you're really good it's like uh, you know my setups they're maybe a little bit longer slower yeah. um, it's it's tough you have to like it's an uphill struggle the audience is kind of like holding back some people because they know they've got the fucking power exactly some, pe- some people at the back were going you're shit then oh this is the technicality right so was my honk show or, or at so at group? honk show okay. I uh, technically didn't get three honks I got two honks and then one lady who had the honker passed it to her friend and got her to honk again so that was a double honk I should have been allowed to stay on stage so why the fuck did you well the guy was just like yeah mate you're done get off what a cunt <laughs> sorry what a cunt <laughs> like, honestly, what an absolute oh, fully-fledged prick. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing you can say about these nights is they get the punters in. They do. I was thinking whether it's... So, uh, I met this guy who's been going for like 15 years the other day. He was really good. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he's got a podcast called The Football Ramble. Sorry to promote is, another is podcast. Is that Ryan Gray? No. Because I know Ryan Gray does one about football. Okay. I don't know this guy's name, but he's brilliant. Uh, football Ramble. If you look that up, you might be able to If you it. like football. No, 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 no. But on stage, he doesn't talk about football. He talks about... No, I'm talking about... No, I'm about... Look up the podcast if you like football. Yeah, yeah. If sure. you don't like football, listen to this one. We will never... We will... Yeah, just promote this podcast. It's yeah. fine, yeah. Oh. But... So he told me about a place called Jonglers. Oh, Do you know about Jonglers? I know enough about Jonglers to make me think, okay, it's definitely right that it went out of existence. Yes, so it was, did you know that it used to be in like inside Oceanas, like in clubs? Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. The tables were apparently seats facing each other instead of facing the stage. They used to get like, uh, not strip clubs, uh, like Hindus, Staggers, that kind yeah. of vibe. And, Michael uh, McIntyre used to do them a lot. Okay, that's interesting. I and know yeah, that. he, uh, he, I listened to his autobiography and uh, Kevin Bridges as well. Oh, cool. Well, so this guy said that there were people who were really good at doing jonglers. They had uh, like, this place is quite loud. 
Yeah, show him. Do you reckon it's too late? Show him. Uh, show me see if we can move. Can you pause it and then. So we've had to move because Weatherspoon's had a couple of loud blasts. <laughs> on the stag, on the hen. On the hen, right. Fuck it, let's talk back up, let's go back to jonglers. Jonglers. So what do you know about jonglers? So basically I reckon. So it's like stags, heads, all that. And uh, the guy who I met told me that like you had to have a certain style or a certain type of comedy to do well at jonglers yeah and uh so basically during the recession when it went under there were loads of comics who had done their like had their like five minutes and they hadn't written anything new for years and uh, they were like really pissed off because it's like well, what am i gonna do now <laughs> Yeah. Jonglers is gone. Jonglers was my life. <laughs> and my, uh, I don't my. Know why we just made all comics northern. <laughs> when they're clearly not. Regardless of us, oh, where yeah. we're situated, <laughs> like one of the main hubs of com of stand-up comedy in London. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. So basically, no, my no. thing. <laughs> Jonglers as claws. Oh, My theory I'm is. I'm to go back to eating tin beans and toast <laughs> for master. Apparently, you could make some decent money from jonglers. Yeah, you can. I mean, well, not now because it's dead. No, yeah. But you could, like hundreds, you know. So this guy said jonglers owes him a lot of money because they went under, didn't pay anyone. Oh fuck. So they literally had to go back to their tins of beans. But anyway, my theory is these new nights like the blackout and all that shit, they're like the maybe new the new version, you know, they get the punters in. Yeah. It's a bit, you know, not really about the, the comedy yeah, or the comedians. It's about having a good night at the comedy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. Basically, that's my theory. That's why I mentioned jonglers. That's quite a good. That's quite an apt theory, man. Don't like, tell me. Don't tell me my theories are good, because then I'll start thinking all my theories are good. Well, I think they are, to be honest. I think you're a very smart man. Do you reckon? Yes. Oh dear. It's <laughs> not good. Right. So, how many gong shows have you actually done? I haven't done the gong show. Well, I haven't okay. done the one. The one. I've done, just done the blackout and, and the honk show that I mentioned. How did blackout go for you? Same as honk show, pretty much. I did the two minutes, so you get two minutes grace period where you, the audience is not allowed to do anything. So they get three cards and um, if you get three up, you're off. But so it's the first two minutes, you, you they're not allowed to put their cards up, but then they flash the lights and they can put the cards up. So I obviously did the two minutes, which went all right. Then I had about a minute, which was going okay, but then I had a little period where I just... It was kind of a bit, fairly new set, so I got which a bit... Which you never should do at a No, it was stupid, but it, it was my first one. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of got a bit lost and was like, mm, not unsure of where to go next. And then it was just like, boom, 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 like very quickly. Because also, it's such an influence thing. As soon as one person goes, you know, it's like cascade effect. The next yeah. one goes and... Yeah, it was a very similar experience, just... Although, actually, I at um, Blackout, I was getting laughs. Whereas yeah. at the Honk Show, I found, apart from the opening, like, exchange with the guy, my actual jokes, they were very, being very uh, harsh critics, you know, they were like... 
they weren't giving much. Yeah. They weren't giving me much. It's basically just a bunch of people who've never had the guts to get on stage being given a platform now to give their fucking opinion. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's similar, I don't know, maybe it's kind of like X Factor vibe or like, you know. See, that's my issue with gong shows, man. I don't think comedy should ever be X Factorized. Maybe not. But, but, I mean, if you win it. If you win it, yeah. You win 30 good. quid, so. You win 30 quid, or if you're or a gong show, you win a bottle of bubbly. Is that it? Which what is, do you win at Black? You win a bo- bottle of bubbly I mean, at Blackout, don't that's you? What I mean, yeah. blackout, that's what I mean, Blackout, yeah. Well, a gong show. You also show, get a. At gong show, you get, you get a five minute open spot. Yeah. Not bad. What an, yeah, that's a, that's actually not right. That's actually alright, to be fair. Mm. So, speaking of bubbly. Right. Yeah, here we go. How do you Segway. how do you cope being sober at comedy nights? Oh, uh, easily, easily, mate. I'm so glad I don't drink. It would be fucking. I'd be spending so much money yeah. and I'd be hungover. I mean, yeah. we have to. I have to get up early for my job. I have to be around yeah. kids. I couldn't be hungover. And I'm the type of guy that if I had a couple and I was in the mood, especially after a gig, because you're on such. If it's gone well, you're on such a high. Yeah. I uh yeah literally I could celebrate see, man. I could see yeah. myself yeah I could see myself getting drunk and then the next day be like oh shit I gotta go to work so yeah, yeah I mean I'm I I find it very easy and it, I spend money on the train coming into London so of course you do Fucking I don't up. even want to right? I don't yeah I don't even want to like buy any drinks now like I used to buy the odd non-alc or something or but now yeah I don't even want to buy any drinks <clears throat> save the money. So yeah, easy. Yeah, I think it can be. I mean, I'm sort of. I'm a bit like, yeah, because I'm, yeah, because I can see it become. It can. It's so easy to become an alcoholic. Oh yeah. Right. Because because yeah, I mean, you're doing, doing weeknights. Yeah, exactly. You're out most nights. Yeah. Right? If you are buy, if you're doing the bringer thing, yeah. then you got to buy them a drink. Oh, and then mate, when it's they're so drinking, expensive. When, yeah, when they're drinking, you sort of want to have one as well. Uh, and then if they want another one, you can have another one. Uh, and and then, drinking in London, man, fucking expensive. It is. I feel very chilled now that we're laying out here. Yeah, we're on the canal yeah. in Kings Cross. This is super chilled. The thing is, we can't be too chilled though, otherwise we will miss. I will. Uh, we'll miss what we're at well our things we need to do afterwards which are actually to do a comedy yeah but we're not going to talk about them tonight no let's talk about seinfeld okay let's yeah, talk about let's so, get let's get to it the yeah, whole the, the whole meeting, point of being here the, mate in, the, well, the point of being here is to hang out with you David, oh cheers mate oh, it's and nice. so that everyone else the one or two listeners that i get how many listeners do you get i don't know okay i've got a couple people in australia that listen <laughs> Like, like on top of the others, or that's it. Yeah, (laughs) this is like true story, right? Um, I had Ben Morgan on a few weeks ago. Oh, the young guy. The young guy. Or not young, but looks young. Yes. I know him. He's a mathematician and he works in banks. Well, we worked in a bank. I think he works at Tesco or something. Right? Oh no, that's Alex Bryden. But he's but. Alright, get your facts straight, mate. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Right. 
Um, so he's a mathematician. He works for a company, right? Okay. As a, yeah, as someone who does numbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a number man. Yeah. And he not. messaged me the other day saying, "Oh, Nathan, just so you know, my friends in Australia are listening to your podcast." There you go. I was like, oh. Fuck. But you mean they listen to the one where he was on? They're not going to listen to this one. Oh no, we don't know that, do we? So I mean, that's... are they subscribers now? They should be. I don't really check. I don't really check the. Um, the numbers. The numbers too yeah, much. Yeah, it's best so not it's just, to look at the numbers. Yeah, I think it's a bit like it's all about numbers online. Yeah, I the think numbers can be brutal. Yeah, and I think that once we start probably looking at the numbers, the fun kind of goes from <laughs> it, and it's just that's what I that's what I used to do. I made YouTube videos before, and I used to get obsessed with the numbers, and yeah. it, it would drive me insane. But Seinfeld. Sample, he right. had big no numbers. More. He he had had, big, well, yeah. interestingly, Ego, here's some hope for you. So you said you watched, what, the first series? You watched yeah. the first? Yeah. So do you know about the whole story about the first two series, two or three series of Seinfeld weren't were very trying, were popular? They to, were they trying to get, well, they were thinking about cancelling it, weren't they? They were going to cancel it. It wasn't very popular. It wasn't getting the numbers. I mean, obviously it was getting some numbers, but yeah. it wasn't getting the numbers um, that we're all looking for. Oh, shit, it's raining. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah, they were going to cancel it, um, but it was uh, popular with uh, like white middle class people. Basically. Oh, funny that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so they kept it going. <laughs> but then, thank God they did because then it got the fucking numbers big time. So who knows? Maybe this podcast will start with a few white middle class Australians. Yeah. And then one day it will be the next sign. Right. Shall we move in again? Let's move again. It might line. pass. No. It might pass. I mean, it feels like it a shower. It is raining. It is raining now. Yeah, it is raining. First we had the Hindu. Now we have... Screamings. And yeah. now we've got rain. Let's move under the bridge. Yeah, let's say under the bridge. Alright, we're right, moving to under the bridge now. Like, this is a really... <laughs> it's the most exercise I've ever done whilst doing a record. I quite... I feel I'm, like this will pass. I don't know. Either or... We're, get, we're burning a few calories out of it. Under the bridge, guys, would be nice. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. Under the bridge. Under the bridge, downtown is where I... Oh, everyone's gone under the everyone's bridge. Everyone's under the bridge, right. Nice. right. There's another bridge that we can walk to and talk about Seinfeld at the same time. We could walk. Can you record while walking? I can record while I was walking, yeah. Are you recording now? Yeah. Ah. So, Seinfeld... Yeah. 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 Larry, I yeah. think Larry David was, I mean, maybe not the brains behind it, but, you know, you definitely needed both of them there. It was like any good partnership, you know, you've got good partnerships in music, you've got good partnerships in comedy, you need both. And I think, apparently it just gets a bit weird towards the end, like the, the later seasons. Like there's yeah. one, one I remember where, what's his face, the tall Michael Richards Kramer. Kramer. Kramer oh, is okay. like in a, in a jacuzzi with a cooking a chicken or something and it's just like what like you know what I mean that yeah. just wouldn't have well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't have, have happened if Larry was there no but then again it was the show about 
nothing. Yeah. So it might, and Kramer was an insane character. It was a show about nothing, but it was also about everything at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's it was true. About like life and all the stories. They were they were like Larry they were like Larry David they were like random in they were based it was based on Larry David's life basically and they were like little details from like they weren't it wasn't nothing it was like the little details that you wouldn't normally make in a show that's yeah. the thing like they said they had the inspiration from just walking around a supermarket and like commenting on the things so they're like why don't we make a show about this because it hadn't been done before a show that well maybe it had but you know it was like a big show big budget that was just, you know, mainstream show that was just like little details and like people arguing, like people walking around a parking lot, you know, getting lost and can't find their car. Like that was an episode, you know. Someone's eating in a jacuzzi and like making, making the chicken. chicken is like going into more surreal. Yeah. I don't know, maybe in the Absurdist. era of like the Mighty Boosh or like yeah. more shows like that. But I think Seinfeld it was. No, it would it wouldn't have. Yeah, for the early 2000s and late 90s, it was a bit. It's, yeah, it was a bit of a weird thing to yeah. do. Yeah. So speaking, I don't know if I can talk about Bridges in a second. Okay. But what do you think of the first episode of Seinfeld? You know what? I just I cannot remember. Okay. The first episode. So you'll have to jog my memory. Right. Moment. I watched it recently. Yeah. Okay. Doing research. Good. Yeah, I know. Listeners, and, that's why um, you should subscribe. What I found was that the first episode. Obviously, it gets it doesn't have this issue later on because it actually becomes a lot more like a sitcom, right? I watched it and I was enjoying it, but I didn't laugh. I'll tell you why. Because everything that, with all the conversations that were happening, yeah, I just kept on thinking, okay, why is Jerry Seinfeld not saying this on stage in front of an audience? So you think the it was like his stand-up. Yeah, it was. It was. It was literally his stand-up. Like, the pilot was literally his stand-up yeah. done into a program. Maybe and that's just what they did for the first. I mean, they did, like I said, they took a few series to figure it out, I think. And in a way, that's... I mean, I don't want to say you wouldn't get the chance to do that today, but maybe you wouldn't. Yeah. You know, everyone what says, like, it's so cutthroat now. I mean, it's like I was talking um, to my parents about... What's it called? Uh, in Flying Circus, Monty Python. Oh, like, shit. How I haven't watched too much of it because it it's so hit and miss, but they said that it just, it was literally like you could watch so many episodes and like 50 of them would be shit, but then, or 50 little sketches would be shit, yeah. and then one would be fucking hilarious. And you just, they had that freedom to just make a lot of shit and then make something good. Yeah. And I guess that's what they did to Seinfeld in the first few, they were figuring it out. Although, the critics liked yeah. like the Chinese restaurant episode, wasn't that in series three? Yeah, I think Pack so. Was like got big critical acclaim. Maybe that's where they started to figure yeah. out. Okay, this is good. I will say that the cast in Seinfeld is fantastic. I mean, so much so that Jerry Seinfeld is the worst actor in the oh, show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like by far. Yeah, yeah. You can literally tell. You can literally tell that he is going in his head. Oh my god. These people are actually really acting. Yeah, no, he said that. He on said comedians and cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. With John Oliver, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will talk about that on our next episode, definitely, because I didn't know you were a comedians and cars man. Oh, I fucking love comedians and cars. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watch every one of those. But yeah, you can really, I didn't. I didn't really think about it until I saw, until I actually rewatched Seinfeld. I was like, oh my god, he is actually yeah, genuinely yeah, looking at him. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. 
Julia Louis Dreyfus can actually oh, act. She her. is fantastic in you this. Know what? I had such a crush on her. Oh my god. Still do a little bit. Well, I, I haven't watched as much. I would like to watch more Veep. Apparently, it's really oh, yeah, it good. Is I've brilliant. watched like bits, but it's, I haven't got the time really to go into it. But my brother says it's good. But yeah, I mean, her in that series is like. She's just such a good foil. She's such a good foil for it. Jason Alexander. Yeah, he's the, he's the Larry David character. He is. Like, when is this? Oh my god, I can't believe you're doing this, Jerry. Why? Why? So he's like, he's sort of the voice of reason to Jerry's madness, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, but no, he's he's the he's the kind of slightly like miserable, yeah. slightly like. You know, I always think about little moments, the little things that he does, like wearing the wedding ring to try and get girls, and like, little, like getting a job in an office, but just not actually doing anything, just looking busy the whole time. Like yep. when he moves back in, his, he's just kind of the, like his life's going nowhere, but and he's and and but Jerry keeps him around because he's funny, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, you know he's uh, he's a great character. Yeah. Michael Richards. Yeah. Right. So you know all about the story behind. Okay, let's talk yeah. about Kramer first of all. Yeah. Kramer's yeah, yeah. a great character. Kramer's a great character, and one thing you may have heard that I always remember is, uh, so Jerry said that they were doing the auditions for that character. They had a lot of people come in, and they're sitting in there with like production people and TV people, and Jerry always says, "Our oh, TV people just don't know what they're doing, basically. Yeah. They're fucking idiots, right?" And uh, <laughs> and so he says, like, but as soon as Michael Richards came in, him and Larry or the other comedian in the room basically knew, like, that's the funny yeah, guy. Yeah, that's it. And as soon, like, but then all the TV people were like, well, what about this guy? He's got a nice profile or he's got a nice headshot or whatever. And he's like, no, that's the funny guy. And I always think that, like, you may know this if you go to a comedy night, like, you just, yeah. sometimes you can tell instantly, as soon as someone gets up on stage, you're like, this guy or girl is the fun, like, they're funny. Yeah. You know, it's just something about them that's it and Michael Richards is had that I never saw much of his stand up like obviously he got cut short because he said the n-word yeah. oh let's talk about that yeah <laughs> I mean what else is there to say I think the best way of the funniest uh, response to it was what was it was it in an episode of Curb where uh, they addressed it a little bit did you yeah. see that one where yeah. he goes oh and you just shout something and I can't remember exactly what they did but I thought it was a very funny way of addressing it like you lose your head in one moment and then you get judged yeah. for it the rest of your life yeah so what yeah I, I kind of struggle with that a little with that a little well, with, you, with, it puts you off him no no put, not exactly puts me off him I was like okay cool because I can kind of see from being on stage mm. I don't know what happened but people talking and then and there was a black guy, there, there was a black guy talking oh, okay. right and he sort of heckled Michael Richards a little uh, bit. And then he went and then it's like, he's a nigger, he's a nigger, he's a nigger. He went in on it. Yeah, a little bit. And there was no like real context for it. Mm. So I think that must have Just been... keep you cool, man. Exactly, yeah. But there must have been something underlying there. For, yeah, a little bit. For that to... For him to have gone Maybe. straight to that. I mean, he may be like a, a bit of a weird guy. I don't know. Yeah. But he's certainly a fucking 
funny dude. Funny yeah. comic actor. He is, yeah. I saw him in the Kirsty Alley show recently. Oh, a few he, years ago. He's having a comeback, is he? Oh, no, it was in 2012, oh, okay. 2013, 2014, so no, not really. But, yeah, I just thought, oh, shit. Like, I hardly thought, okay, I'm really not happy with him doing this. Yeah. But also, I think we've all had bad nights, and when you're having things... Seriously bad. Seriously, seriously (laughs) bad night, yeah. But where we said things... I mean, there was something similar, wasn't there, with... uh, Who's who's that funny guy from 30 Rock? The, the, The short, fat, black guy. From 30, what the crazy guy? Oh, uh, did he, didn't he say not, something about gays? Ah, uh, yeah, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. I know exactly who he is, and it really annoys me that I can't think of his name right now. Ah, uh, it'll come, it'll come. It will, it needs to. I, I love this dude. Do the fact checking. Have you ever heard, listened to Adam Buxton's podcast? I haven't listened. I have, he does uh, the fact checking Santa. It's you just like uh, edit it. you edit it in afterwards. Tracy Morgan. There you go. Wow. I knew Which, it began with a T, and it wasn't Terry Crews because Terry Crews is him. Yeah. Him. Terry Crews is a different. Tracy Ke- Morgan. Yeah, Tracy yeah. Morgan. But he was. Yeah. He said something on stage, and it got recorded, and then he was like, "Ah, oh, we well, say stuff on stage," and then. I mean, say stuff on stage. You don't want to talk. That. Well, Don't I mean, me. I guess it's uh, the old thing, isn't it? You're working stuff out yeah. on stage. Yeah. You're saying stuff that you may never say again. If someone's there recording it and you're judged on that, it's like, okay, I'm being judged on the first draft. I mean, that's different yeah. to the Michael Richards situation because he just got pissed off and yeah. went crazy, basically. But, yeah, it's difficult with recording stuff in mm. a comedy club. I mean, you think of some of the shit that we've seen on stage. Fuck. And some of these nights where it's just comics and you're just... I, I was thinking about this before, before meeting you, right? There's a guy who's on our circuit right now. Oh, yeah. Who, when he bombs, can go quite Kramer-ish. I'm not going to tell you exactly who okay, he is on, right. on, the, on this. Right, I'll tell you afterwards who I think it is. Fair but. Enough. And I'm, maybe you'll agree. And maybe he goes, he goes in on people and goes. Like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, pe- like bombing is a horrible thing, and people yeah. react to it in a different way. I mean, luckily, I, I guess I kind of, I mean, it's, I d- it doesn't feel nice. I don't in- enjoy it necessarily, but I just carry on. Yeah, you know, that's do it. the do the jokes, and maybe, you know, Get make, something out of it. You know, I'll just be like, oh fuck it, you know, that lost that one, move on to the next one. But maybe if people feel it really badly they react in a in a, in a horrible in an aggressive way. way I mean it is essentially you're being rejected and, yeah. and like we were saying earlier if you seek validation and you seek attention and then you're getting up and this is the one place where maybe you get that feeling of like oh my god you know I'm the centre of attention or whatever I'm getting that validation and then you don't get it maybe it just really hurts some people yeah. And they, yeah. you know and, and also a lot of comics probably think yeah. When people aren't laughing, they're like, Do you think Seinfeld could come back? What, like, not the sure. No, not, not the same. But I mean, oh, there's obviously always going to be a big sitcom. Yeah. But it just has to morph into a different form. Well, Seinfeld has already said that he, there's no point in him create, doing doing it again, because, or doing another sitcom again, because yeah. it will never be as big. No, no, no. I don't think it would come back, or I don't think it should. I mean, it was the biggest sitcom, what, in the 90s? Was It yeah. be- It was before Friends. Yeah. Then you had Friends. Now, after that, uh, Big Bang. 
Well, maybe there was something in between yeah. that that I'm missing. How I met your mother. How I met your mother was big. I mean, there's always going to be a big sitcom. sitcom. Yeah. I think the thing that's, I think the different element in Seinfeld is that it was actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> ah. like, I think it managed to do. What are you trying to say about How I Met Your Mother was just a pale imitation <laughs> of Friends? Is that oh, what you're trying to tell me? I've never actually watched. Ah, uh, okay. I have to say. I've watched a fair amount of Friends just because it's always on. I've watched bits of Big Bang, and I can see the appeal of both of them. I can't see the appeal of Big Bang anymore. I'm done with it. I mean, well, the show's done as well, so obviously yeah. they're done with it. But but I just think I think Seinfeld managed to do that thing of mainstream success, but with critical critical acclaim, acclaim and yeah. like actually being and maybe part of it was the fact that it wasn't so popular when it started, so they had a chance to kind of do something a bit different yeah. with it play around with it I don't know but I think it's managed to do that which is a rare thing and I think a lot of that is down to Mr. LD yes Mr. Larry David JS JS (laughs) if you're listening in Australia yeah (laughs) (laughs) so Um, but yeah so it was a great show we're gonna move away from Seinfeld for the last bit alright last Um, bit this is um, we got let's do shit I better go in like 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, this is the bit where we're literally asking, standing right? under a bridge. Yeah, we are standing on a bridge and people are with talking. With my hood up. Yeah. Looking like director breaks. Yes. Okay. But. Tiny dog. <laughs> this is, so, this is the bit which I really enjoy. Okay. Okay. Is this like where I reveal my deepest, darkest secrets? No. I want you to criticise my act and tell me what I do, what oh I need to do, what I can do better. But that involves remembering your jokes, which is going to be hard because I barely remember my own. So, <laughs> uh, you're going to have to help me out here. Okay. You do your act and I'll critique it as you do it. How about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. You right can't. Now. Why not? Right <laughs> Flipped it around yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice little switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> time you saw we saw each other i was riffing at the griffin yeah the only thing the only one point i always think which you're probably aware of is you have a nervous uh, tick with your fingers what's that you don't know about it but you go like that like that you like click your whole hand okay. yeah like that and i think you should stop doing that cool okay, that's the then. only thing that's great because it's i mean i can tell it's related to being nervous and stuff or i don't know but probably because you're on stage yeah. and you're nervous and I just think it's a bit off-putting yeah. if you're like clicking your fingers yeah but yeah that's so just make sure that your physical well just make sure that the hands are spinning. Right. have you ever recorded yourself yeah like like yeah I recorded you actually didn't I yeah yeah I mean I'm not sure how important it is to like overanalyze the videos of you especially at an early stage but I mean, maybe just being conscious of the fact that when you get nervous, trying to be a bit more loose, loosey-goosey. Bit more, yeah, because also you have a kind of power stance. Yeah. You like stand like this, which maybe is a little bit, maybe you need to be... A bit more loose. Yeah, because sometimes I find if you're like, when I see someone, so like, you know, like if you see an MC, yeah. And they're too like you can tell they're tense and they're too like trying too hard. Yeah. At, especially if it's at a night that's everyone knows is not that great. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if a guy gets up and they're just like a bit like David Lewis or a bit like relaxed, yeah. It puts everyone else at ease and it's like, okay, let's just have a bit of fun. Yeah. And I think it's the same for every comic. You know, if you get up and you're that's what I 
would like to do more so like at my competition set that I did I was tense you know and I normally I'm quite relaxed and say yeah at that I was like oh it's a competition so I'm gonna be tense yeah. you know and I ruined it so I think and then the audience was tense and then you feed off each other but yeah I saw someone else get up they brought their relaxed atmosphere on stage and that immediately put the audience at ease and they had a great set so that was really helpful i don't think anyone's gone into that much detail about me but um, there you go thanks so I much can't, i can't comment on individual jokes but but that's just just, just that that's the problem with the performance is just as if not more important yeah. than the jokes themselves you're little, you're, there you you go. Can have, um, there's a quote like you can have the best jokes in the world but mm-hmm. if you don't perform it properly it'll be terrible however you can have a really bad joke if you perform it well yes, you get that probably sums me up a lot of bad jokes but I'm quite, quite a good stage presence and yes. quite a good light <laughs> so people are like oh this is <laughs> this guy's relaxed so, speaking yeah. of you yeah. where can they see you oh okay promotion what yeah. do you mean see me like on stage on stage and then social media okay social media I've recently changed my name let me know what you think of this. So it was dave.marlin.comedy. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, professional. But then, so you know, my, maybe you don't know, but I've got a joke about being a comedy caveman. Yeah. Comedy Dave man, comedy caveman. That's it's like a little callback. Yeah. That's my joke. Yeah. It's hilarious. So comedy. <laughs> so um, uh, I thought, so I got off stage once and someone said, why haven't you used comedy Dave man? So I thought, you know, what, I'll try that. So now my Instagram is at comedy Dave man and my Twitter is at comedy Dave man. Instagram I am using I'm trying to not use it too much and not get too because I've had you know what I mean with like YouTube and stuff I just you can get so sucked in and I hate it it's a fucking wormhole isn't it I hate it so I'm trying to just like do little promotional videos do little occasional posts and then not check it too much Twitter I just have no idea how to use it and I'm still not sure whether I'm going to I may just use it to promote stuff because it's a whole world of pain that I'm not sure yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. get into. But so yeah, so mainly your, follow me on Instagram. So if what is you your, want, what if is you're in Australia and you want to, it's at Comedy Dave Man. Yeah. Um, oh, also I'm on YouTube. So if you type There's in. There's a barge passing by. Yeah, there is a barge. <laughs> it's quite a cool looking barge. It is, yeah. With a pretty lady on top. So. We'll just watch that as it goes by. Okay, so I am also on YouTube. Um, you can watch one of my sets at Funny Feckers, uh, which is actually... Shout out to West Dalton, yeah. <laughs> it's a really nice... Um, it's actually went really well, so it's a set that I'm quite happy with. So, yeah, if you just type in Dave Mullen Comedy on YouTube, either the video should come up or um, the, my account, which is just Dave Mullen. Uh, hopefully so yeah watch that video I haven't got much up there but you know if you want to and uh, gigs wise yeah dates wise come on I don't think I've got anything good coming up apart from uh, Funny Funny Beggars hey when's that it's uh, June 24 at the Ah. Dean Swift and I'm inviting my mum so if you want to meet her and she and we're bringing fake auntie Francis along uh, so she's going to be there because she's never seen me Fake auntie Francis. Fake auntie. Do you not have a fake auntie? Ah, well, you know, you know those, a family friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is a woman. 
you know, yes. fake Auntie Frances. That's it, okay. So yeah. she's going to be there if you want to meet her. She's a laugh a minute. I'd love to meet your mum. Always wasted. Nice. Uh, my mum will be there. Yeah, I'm inviting pretty much everyone to that because that's my main... I'm trying to... In June, I think I'm going to take it down a notch. Because I was doing like... Oh, uh, June 20th or June 24th? June 24th. Ah. So I was doing like... Um, trying to do like 12 gigs a month, like three gigs a week. And I was spending... You know, I was spending a lot of money. I was getting quite tired building up to this competition that I did. And now in June, I'm thinking, I'm going to just take it down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe do like eight gigs. And then in July and August, I'm going to fucking smash well, it. you're going to come like... up and see me in August, aren't you, in Edinburgh? So... Hopefully, yes. yes. I would like to. Okay. I'm, I would like to stay on your sofa. Yeah. But yeah, Finding Feckers is the main good gig. Finding Feckers, yeah. June 24th, and following on social media. Babe Marlon, it's been a fucking pleasure, man. Me let's, too. Let's, I love that. Let's get on with our lives. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for making it this far. Um, as always, you can cat, you can follow me on Twitter at your boy Gibbo, and on Instagram or at, uh, follow me on Instagram at Gibbogram One. Obviously, on my website, yourboygibbo.com, and also check out any of the comedy dates that I mentioned to you before. And I'll see you soon. Thanks very much. Bye.